0: podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only Tammy, the underdog, Underwood. Hey, Tam. Hey. All right, so this is calls three and four. From Keith Jesperson from this last Saturday. Uh,
1: yes.
0: Would you like to add anything before we jump into uh, the calls?
1: No, these are the ones that we kind of get off track and, like, you know, have and more they of a... And we call it
0: ADD. ADD. Yeah. ADD.
1: Exactly. Well, and we do talk about some other things, too, that happened in his life, but this is more like a conversation between friends, you know, friends well, nice than I it is, you know.
0: With a little bit of murder. With a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump right into it. I. Oh, no, i got a bad serial killer calling into the show. I'm terrified. Yeah, but here
2: you have, you know, I remember back on uh, September 30th of '95 when I called Phil Stamford on the phone about four or five times, and he wrote an article in the Willamette Week, which uh, was published in October, I think, 4th or 5th of October uh, in, in 1995. It was called uh, Phone Calls from a Killer or something like that. You know, talking of phone calls from a serial killer or some damn thing. It was, it was stupid. It really was a, a, kind of a stupid way of, of portraying it. Um, because I was trying to call him to let him know that, uh, that justice wasn't being done with the Benicates. And they made a big, he made a big uh, story out of it, and that's all he was after was a big story.
0: Oh, it was like that one author that you and I were talking about that published the uh, that uh, whole thing about, you know, uh, it, talking to Keith Jesperson ruined my life and I got a divorce because of it. And oh, it was mean, oh, that scary. Was,
2: uh, that was yeah. Matthew William Phelps.
0: Yeah, that was it, Phelps. Yeah, yeah. when, when yeah, he well, wrote that stuff. You know
2: the stuff. problem with Phelps now? now Phelps it wrote it. me back in yeah. September of 2011, oh, yeah. and he wrote me about uh, wanting me to be part of his. his his uh, show called uh, uh, Dark Minds, which is on Investigation Discovery Channel. And I ended up being uh, his character Raven, and we named Raven right. uh, in seasons two and three, in which I would take a case on that somebody else has done, and it is an unsolved murder case. And I would look at all the information that was available, and then I would give him on a phone call, like I'm talking to you. My best guess scenario to felt uh, to Phelps as well as uh, to John Kelly, who's a who's a psych at the time, right? And we would we would go through this this case, and I'd give him my best guess on who I thought did it, right? And that was on dark minds. Now, yeah, now the I biggest problem the with Phelps is that he was so mad. He 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 wrote that he said that talking to me uh, ruined his life. It was like right. he was a. Uh, he was dysfunctional and everything like that. He, he's a crime writer, for fuck's sake. Right, that's <laughs> that's that was our he's, whole he's thing, too. That was our whole thing, too. contacting prisoners. He's contacting yeah. people in prison all the time. And he's talking <sighs> to murder. Now, this is what my take on this. He asked me about, now, he said his, his sister-in-law was killed by a serial killer, right? Right. That's what he said. Now, he tells gives me the facts. Well, the facts are, he, he tells me that his sister-in-law and his brother were living in this basement of his house at the time. He wasn't a writer. He wasn't this crime writer at the time. Right. And he was on dire threat. He had no money.
3: Right.
1: And
2: he was he was banging his sister-in-law.
1: Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was, he
2: was banging her while the guy, while his brother was out on the road. She was she was prostituting herself to him. And it just so happens that night before, she came to him and said she needed 500 bucks for drugs or something that was his story he said he needed 500 bucks and he refused to give her the money i think it was blackmail right i think it was i think it was blackmail or extortion or something he said, oh, either you pay me the money give me the money or i'm going to tell your brother you're fucking me right or something along those lines but there okay. that's a, that's how it was now he next thing you know she she ends up strangled or dead in some some room somewhere and he claims it's a circle, but he, he injects himself into the investigation all the time, keeps asking how things are going, right? <laughs> well, there you go. That's
1: a clue he's right there. He's acting
2: like he's guilty. Now, I, I believe he's either guilty of the crime of killing her or right. is responsible for the death of her
3: sister-in-law. Right.
2: And yeah, in some cause... respect, now, if, and if he and if that's not the case, then he's, he's responsible for the fact that he didn't give her the 500 bucks he was asking for. Right. If she had, if he has he given her the five hundred bucks that she was asking for, she wouldn't have to go out and prostitute, prostitute herself out to a serial killer,
3: right. or whatever.
2: Maybe maybe the drug ad maybe the the drug dealer killed her. I don't know, but maybe he did. Right. And, and I told him this. I said I think if, if if I asked him one time, I said, "Well, were you ever a suspect in your sister in law's death?" He said, "No." I said, "That's bullshit." Yeah, cause
1: everybody because everybody in their life is a suspect. Everybody.
2: Family members, or yeah. suspect to the family member's death, until they're been eliminated. I right. think the police should take another look at him. Right. Seriously, I think they should take another look at him and just say, "All right, let's take another look at this whole situation here, Mister Phelps." Right. And let's look at this. Now he says that I, uh, because I talk to him and stuff like that, it, 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 it ruins his mind. I think it's because I accused him of killing
0: killing his sister in law. Ah, that would make more sense, right? Well, I think
2: that I think that's why I think because I I still believe that he's responsible for the death of his sister in law, Right. whether he actually did it or or he was, or that the fa- or he's he's culpable because he didn't help her out with the money she wanted the night before,
1: right? Well, and if that we, was the case, we find out a lot of times that the people who interject themselves into the investigation a lot, are actually the the perpetrators, because yeah. they want to well, be right there to know what the pe- the officers are finding.
2: But just consider this. He became a crime writer soon after, and he wrote about, and he, right. he followed his sister-in-law's death. Right, And so he listened to what the cops were saying, so that's how his writing went. Right. That's how he became all this great writer that he is, Right, because I believe that he, he followed his sister-in-law's death, and he... He wrote about it, and that's how come he's he's so prolific now. When he when he talks to other people and gets he gets right into this whole deal,
3: right? And he's a good
2: writer. That's, that's, I've, read yeah. his, that's, I've read many of his books. Me he's, too. He's a good writer. I mean, now what is he actually responsible for his sister in law's death? I don't know. Don't care.
1: Right? It's just speculation, and yeah, it's and you're entitled to your is, opinion.
0: I just came up with an idea. You know, actually, I think I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to say conjecture
2: that conjecture on my part.
1: Yeah. But,
0: I'm going to say that Keith, that talking to Keith and visiting with Keith just totally ruined my life. Then I'm going to say, you know, talking to Todd uh, who I've been uh, chatting yeah. back for. Him and the BTK and killer. I,
1: and I mentioned and, my child, and I can't believe I did that. I got too yeah. personal.
0: <laughs> I talked about yeah. my son, Jake. And now, now I'm just, I'm, I'm ruined and, and distraught. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: and that's Jesus. just it. It's like, he's been a crime writer all these years. So he's been, like, he knows the you know, the bad things that happen out there. And it's like, if you're in that, and you're like delving into the depths of that, why aren't you in counseling anyways? Scott and I have learned that we have to compartmentalize and not take things personally, because we sometimes do. Totally,
0: totally. You know?
1: Well,
2: I've dealt with crime writers since I've been incarcerated quite a bit. You know, I, I, right. I had this guy, named Christopher Berry D out of, out of the United Kingdom, he wrote... He wrote a chapter on me and said that I was arrested in the John Slagle case for first-degree sexual assault. Right. So I was and but I convicted.
0: But that's was, not no, the case. I, I
2: was, the case was dismissed.
1: Yeah. Right. I, I know about Christopher the D. Thing too, because I've read away. his books, too. The old case too. went
2: away. And this is, this is, But I, I told him that. I told his publisher. I said, there's no documents to say this. I, I was actually, the case would have been dismissed. What are you talking about? Right. There's no Convictions there whatsoever. What are you dealing with? And they had to pull the book.
3: And wow! I get
2: a letter from I get a I get a letter from Christopher Berry Dean. He's like, uh, you know, I can write whatever I want because I'm a crime writer, and you're incarcerated. So there, aha uh-huh.
1: Well, but they can't yeah, claim it's nonfiction then.
2: Well, you know, he's he's an asshole. That's what he is. Right. Agreed. Just, just is how it is. I mean, right. He wants a you know. He, he reminds me of a, a Zane Grey novel. Okay. Everything he writes, everything Zane Grey wrote, wrote, you might all he's doing is changing the characters. Everything else is the same as the book. Right. And so that's the way Barry D writes. Everything's the same except for the characters. Right. So every time, every every little you, you run into these common sayings that he has in the books. Right. About how he drove around a corner and the hubcap comes flying off and it goes, oh, 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 you know, and stuff like that. Anyway. Right. Well, it gets me the most. Stuff.
0: This is what gets me about serial killers and the media in general, is um. So as I mentioned, I've been talking to like Todd Cole Hep. If you don't know who he is, then I you now talk about that off here. But um, him, everybody knows who BTK killer is, uh, Dennis Rader. I got a Ward Weaver uh, and San Quentin that I that, that Ward I talked Jr., to. not the third. Yeah, not the <laughs> third, not the one who killed the two girls in Oregon City, but his dad. You know, these are people that the media. We'll sit there and go look at how horrible these are. These are monsters. They're animals. They belong in cages. And they they paint this picture of the snarling beast just sitting there going, "Oh, I'll kill your whole family!" Er, er. And in reality, honestly, I've never felt threatened by you, Keith. Not even in the least freaking yeah. bit. Todd Cole, well, had, haven't felt threatened. BTK the Dennis the fucking reader don't feel threatened.
2: The reason why and the reason why you're not threatened is because I have a TV set.
0: Oh, okay. It kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, sort of. I have a TV set. No, you come to visit me. On, I can't. Uh, I can't guarantee your safety if they took my TV from me.
0: <laughs> That's comforting. Thanks, <laughs> Keith. You know That's what? It's fucking comforting. In that
2: episode of Lockup
0: that actually happened, <laughs> they took
1: a guy's TV and he assault. He like shanked this other guy because they wouldn't give him his TV. Back.
2: <laughs> no, I, I have a gut feeling you know, that this is a this this is an incentive prison. Mm-hmm. The, the system here in, in Oregon is, is run on an incentive level, so right. you're you based everything on what you can, you can have. I can have art supplies, I can have all this stuff. We have an 18 hole golf course out on the right. out on the track, right? We got baseball, everything. And the reason we have this is to keep us satisfied, keep us in a dormant state of mind where we don't have to worry about killing people. Right. And so that's what they do. They, they they pacify us. They babysit us with a TV set, and that's right. what it is. It's, they 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 make sure that we're 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 kept, and that's right. the way it is. We're kept. They don't want a good day in prison for a guard if nothing happens. Right. They don't that's have the- a, a, a riot. They don't have any of this. It's just a, a normal open the doors, shut the doors. Everybody walks around. No no fights. No nothing. Right. So that our a good listeners- day for a guard in prison.
0: So our listeners understand, while Keith's giving that as an example, seriously, I don't even think with that as TV said, I don't, I, I still wouldn't feel threatened. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, you and I get along. Cool. We, we shoot the shit. We've got great stories. And I like it because when we talk off air, we talk like truck drivers. I mean, we, we sit and bullshit and just have a good time. <laughs>
2: well,
1: yeah. And yeah I'm,
0: I'm
2: telling I'm tellin his, his, his GPS how to get to places.
1: Right,
0: Which yeah, exactly. That was spot on, man. Well, and
1: that's something that we've had to answer questions to, too, is like, well, when you talk to them and you give them airtime, you're condoning it. No, we've t- we've mentioned all the time, we don't condone their actions, but they are people separate from those actions as well,
2: you know. Yeah. Your
1: whole life yeah, wasn't I think the... what I think what you yeah. talk
2: on, on the Florida case here while we're here is that um, the woman that I picked up was looking for a ride going to Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Okay. And she is headed that way for a reason I don't know why, but she wouldn't tell me. But uh, I was hoping she would have told me, but she didn't. And uh, she was, and she left when she got in the truck with me. She saw how much room I had in the truck. She was like, "Can we go back to Miami and pick up the rest of my stuff?" And I was like, (laughs) looking at her, I was like, "Listen, I said I got a load in Cairo, Georgia. I got to go to Cairo, Georgia. I got to be there before midnight to get loaded." I do not have time to drive from Tampa down to down to Miami. Pick up your crap. Yeah. Fill my truck with your stuff to haul you all the way over to Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Wow. She had this. She looked at how much she just wanted to overwhelm just take over the truck. Right. When I got when she got in, was like, she was probably so used to giving orders and people following through with them that. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, you want to ride, you want to ride, I'll give her, I'll get you on the way over to to Nevada. I'll get you that, probably to Nevada. Probably. Right. Not, I, I probably won't get you all the way to Lake Tahoe, because I don't go to Lake Tahoe. Right. But I'm sure I could probably get you maybe to Reno or, or Wells or somewhere like that where she's on the way. Right. But that was, that was the basis of why she got in, because... She, well, she was out in the parking lot looking for a ride. There's drivers walking up to her trying to grab her on her arms, "Come with me, you know."
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I was like, I walked up to her and I said, "Where are you going?" She says show me where it was." And well, I pointed to my truck over there and I said, "All right, there's my truck." I said, "I'm from Washington State. I'm going to probably drive through Nevada at some point going that way. Um, I don't know when I'm leaving maybe in an hour or so. But if you if you want to ride with me, there it is. If not, whatever. And I just walked away. Right. I didn't. I didn't grab her arm. I didn't push her this way that way. But next thing you know, I'm in the restaurant and she's standing over me. Why aren't we gone yet?
3: Right.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and like like we stated in the, la- the last last week is you know a lot of people say you know because you've been convicted of murder. It's like, why did these women go with him and everything like that? It's like, because he was a good looking man who had like this personable personality that, you know, it's and all it this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And like Cesar Peroni
2: I was, i said, I be surprised how many people I've given rise to. Right. To their full destination.
3: Right.
1: And exactly.
2: Exactly.
1: And, yeah, cuz yeah. Cesar Baroni before he was arrested for murdering those women here in Oregon, I knew him because he worked with my mom and my mom trained him. I flirted with him. You know, it's yeah. like and people like, "Well, how could you do that?" I said, "Cuz I didn't know he was a killer and he was good-looking well, and charming."
0: You're good.
2: Because you jaded him is why Turner into a new killer, right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Well,
0: he was a killer right before there. he moved to Oregon. No, and don't Washington even give me your Florida. crap. Here's what happened: yeah. he didn't I have twenty so... bucks, and <laughs>
1: bitch, I was only seventeen. It was, that's all it was twenty <laughs>
2: dollars. That's, that's
1: what Scott says, or five dollars.
2: <laughs>
1: Twenty's <laughs> a twenty, yeah. Tammy. We
2: so horny. But did you die? <laughs> <laughs>
1: No. Yes. God always tells me. Yeah. Whatever. Hookerella. Twenty is a twenty. And I'm like, I have never
0: sold my body. No, you can't sell. it. You just lease it out.
2: It's well, kind my, of mother, you know, my my mother went. You know, my dad always said that my mother went out to earn extra money. Right. Yeah. She came in with twelve dollars and twenty five cents. <laughs> dad says, "Well, who gave you twenty five cents?" He said, "Everybody."
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. Oh that's my God. horrible. That's fucked up, but that's
2: hilarious.
1: That is horrible. They all gave
2: her 25
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, and my mom's always famous. Like, I'm like, how much money are you going to give me? She goes, twelve ninety five. 95 I just, my whole, my Google just shut down on me. Huh, weird. Yeah, whatever. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's like really weird that, yeah, because well, a lot of people say effect. that. Yeah. Well, a lot of people just, I mean, that's the first thing is like, you know how could these people? Because it's not like you were like Richard Trenton Chase, who looked insane. You, you <laughs> no know, shit.
2: well, you know, we're not all Hannibal Lecter.
1: Well, that's true. Too. Oh yeah, but I wouldn't have believed he you was know, a serial killer either at
2: first. <laughs> well, the TV, the TV shows. I mean, this is right the depiction.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Everything is, is geared <laughs> on horror. Right, you got Jason, you got uh, Michael Myers, and you got this. And everybody goes to those TV shows. I mean, those movies, right. and expect to be scared. They want to be right. scared. Was well, the biggest problem I have with that is like, you know, Michael Myers can walk really slow, right? And every time these people are running away, they turn around and he's right behind them.
1: Right, exactly. Or they run slowly. upstairs to get away.
2: <laughs> well, it's like the one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go hide behind the chainsaw.
1: Right, exactly. That's, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a fact, Texas right? Chainsaw that, massacre. That,
2: that commercial. He so, let's get in a run, running car. No, no, let's go hide behind the chainsaws.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. And the guy's looking at him going like, really? Yeah. You going to help
1: me with
3: that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's But, yeah, but that's anyways, how it is.
2: So, back to Phelps. I, you know, Phelps has a bunch of photos of mine. I wanted to get back. He, he's in tight. He's trying to get me enticed to the idea that I, I I need to call him back or something like that so I so I can get my photos. He's he's like fishing. Right. So he's, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to talk to me, but yet he wants to talk to me.
0: Right, exactly. So his
2: his book is that uh, I make him sick but at the same time I'm making him money so why not?
0: Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally.
2: So um, and that's all it comes down to.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think I've it. served
2: my purpose I served my purpose with him, and that's why he cut me loose, and that's why he wrote the book like that. Right. And the book was, the, A Dangerous Ground was mostly about him anyway.
1: Right. Yeah, because yeah. what we read about him being traumatized by interviewing you and everything was on, a um, like, a blog. Somebody interviewed him. And it's like, Scott and I were reading that, and I'm like, really, dude? Yeah, we
2: were really? I, think it, I think it came down to his fan base.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? Oh, totally, man.
2: He wanted, he wanted to pacify his fan base to say he didn't want to come off as being really my friend.
1: Right, exactly.
2: You know, we, we talk like we are talking right now, but it, it, he never mentioned how I distorted him until he wrote an article about it and sent me the article one time. I was like, what the hell is this crap?
1: Right, exactly. What do you mean? I'm,
2: I'm, I'm making you your, you know, your anxiety and stuff like this because you're talking to a killer in prison. You, you, you do books on on killers all the time.
3: Yeah,
1: it's you this is your job
2: all the time. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe, see, maybe he needs to go walk in the woods and take a bullet and shove it. You know, take a gun and blow his top his head off. I yeah. don't know
1: well and that's just it he was like you know i was so depressed and my marriage fell apart and you know i didn't know what to his do because marriage, his
2: marriage fell apart because he was fucking his sister-in-law
3: <laughs>
2: Brutal. and that
1: was way before you
3: <laughs>
1: well
2: and then of course then that's his, his marriage fell apart, but he has he has a child in utah one of these right you know from a book signing i guess it was a book signing and i guess she looked at him with her goo goo eyes and they fell in love for the night, a one night stand, and they end up having a baby. Right. And of course he has to pay child support and of course he's he's paying child support he has to go visit.
3: Right,
1: exactly. So is he
2: visiting just the baby or visiting the mom as well. I don't know, I don't care. Well, yeah,
1: I like how you say they yeah. fell in love for a one night stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't
2: that what we do? I mean, men are like this. I mean we look at we look at the, the we look at two things. We look at your breast and we look at your eyeballs.
0: Right, All exactly.
2: Maybe three things. We might look between your legs. We don't know. Well, no, later, like, yeah. Whatever it is.
0: I like a nice ass. That's me. Your
2: voice Your voice has nothing to do with it.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's how just many
2: beers, it. How many beers can we... Are you a cheap <laughs> gator or, or is it going to take a lot more?
3: Right. <laughs> are you two more beers be good Are you, are you the be ugly good one night? we
2: walk home with after, at quitting time or are you the one we go home at 9 o'clock? I don't.
1: know. That's just crazy. <laughs> See, that's funny now that you mention it, because I have had a lot of guys say, "Oh my gosh, you're perky, and your eyes are so beautiful." It's like, thank you.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I always always told that I have these nice eyes.
1: Okay, what color are your eyes?
2: That you know, my girl, my uh, Roberta was like, she was she she commented on the fact that the reason she went out with me because of my eyes, that the way I I looked at her. Oh, okay. probably
0: gonna sound gay, yeah, but uh, his eyes are blue.
2: I, I didn't look okay, like that wolf, Scott. I guess. I didn't look like that wolf, that, uh, right. They go, and chase that. Right. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, Scott, yeah. you we already know you're gay because you told Chief Whiteclaw he had beautiful eyes too. <laughs> That's because my dispatcher. Well, I you know,
2: had a cousin named Jim John that thought his eyes were. They thought he was. He thought he had these beautiful eyes, and they were blue. Really, I mean, really a rich, true blue right and i remember my grandma who who he stayed with at one time and she would never complain about anybody but she complained about him
3: oh really you
2: know because he was the way he acted and so forth he, he's one of those guys that knew and done everything in his life right i remember when he came to visit us in in the mobile park and i was pu- i was pouring concrete driveways and my dad wanted me to have him help me do pour a couple driveways and and I was I was telling him what to do and he was he's like, You can't tell me what to do and I said, Whatever then, get the hell out of here.
3: Right. And then my exactly.
2: then he then he made my father so mad he, my dad finally turned to me and says, Hey Keith, why don't you take him rattlesnake hunting with you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Well,
2: sure, let's go do this. So I went up in the hills, we we're out after rattlesnakes and I said, well, have you ever hunted rattlesnakes before, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, I've done this over on the East Coast. I said, Oh, really? Okay, well, show me how you have done. He'd walk up to a piece, uh, like a sagebrush or tumbleweed, and he'd raise it up and stick his head on No snakes in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and are there rattlesnakes on the East Coast?
0: Yeah, the, East Coast, oh, the Eastern, Eastern Diamondbacks.
2: Diamondbacks.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I was like,
2: really? And, of course, he didn't, he didn't know. I mean, I, 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 so I said to John, I said, all right, now, if one bites you, you expect me to carry you to the hospital? I said, well, yeah. He said, well, if vice for me, are you going to carry me? He said, you weigh too much. I said, well, I might think you weigh too much, too.
1: <laughs> That's right. Scott always <laughs> says he goes. I don't have to run fast. I just have to run faster than you. <laughs> That's what I always say. If we're getting chased by a serial killer, I'm going to trip
0: you. I don't have to be the fastest guy. I just got to be the one smart enough to trip you.
1: Right. And it's like somebody going up and you know grabbing a rattlesnake by its tail because they want the rattle. It's like, dude, they can swing around no, and bite they turn you. Turn around and
2: bite you. Exactly. It's like no,
1: they will, dude. They will strike you. If you if you cut would
2: say that the head is off the snake. Right. Cut the head off the snake. And you reach and you grab your knife and you cut, go to cut the tail, right? The, the, the head that used to be there would come around and strike at you.
1: Yeah, Fire I've you. heard that. That you know yeah. their head stays like active for like I can't remember how long. Yeah. So like people I have literally gotten bit that way. Got, yeah.
2: The, the stubby on the end of the neck hit me on the hit me right where I was grabbing onto the tail, and the thing came around and struck at my head. my hand with its little minus its head. Wow. And I was like, that freaked me out. I was like, oh, really?
1: Yeah, exactly. That yeah. is crazy. Rattlesnake is yeah. some good eating. I've never had rattlesnake I before. Love, I, love,
0: but it you know, I, sure.
2: I had rattlesnake in, in Texas. I was down there at some rodeo down there. To, and I was down there, and, and I was eating rattlesnake. I didn't know I was eating it when I ate it. And a guy asked me, he said, well, that's rattlesnake. And he told me it was rattlesnake. I said, oh, what do you think it tastes like? I said, it tastes like snake. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's...
1: I was fed turtle so one time. Said, well it
2: tastes like it tastes like rabbit or it tastes like chicken or something yeah. like that. It no, always it tastes, tastes like, like chicken.
1: chicken.
2: It has yeah. it has a distinctive flavor, let's just very. say
1: Yeah. Well and that's just it is like somebody fed me turtle one time and didn't tell me it was turtle. Right, and they go, Well, what does it taste like? I said, It's like a very moist but kind of fatty chicken leg. And they're like, well, it's turtle. I'm like, Oh, thanks for telling me now. You know, but I've never yeah. had squirrel or snake or possum or any of that stuff. And to this
0: day, Myrtle Boy, the turtle still misses her husband.
1: <laughs> Shut up.
2: Well, I, I, told you, I told you about the turtle crossing, didn't I?
1: Yeah, well, you everybody was stopped for a
0: turtle?
2: No, it was a turtle crossing.
0: No, I, I didn't get that started.
2: Oh. Did I tell you when I was trucking down in Texas and I came across a turtle crossing?
3: Uh-uh.
2: Wow, that was, this is funny. This is hilarious. I, I think it's hilarious, anyways. I was headed down to McAllen, Texas. I had a load of apples on, and I was driving along this four-lane highway, and there's like a uh, 50 feet between the two lanes on, on on south and two lanes on the north. Okay. And you know, Texas is relatively flat, right? I'm just driving oh, yeah. along, and and uh, I see this thing turtle crossing. I'm like, I started laughing. What the hell they talk about turtle crossing? You know, deer crossing, whatever, but.
3: Oh, Nelson, there was a the, the land can,
2: it, it drops down into a marshland right uh-huh. the highway drops into this marshland and it goes for about three quarters of a more mile and there must a there must have been about twenty of these damn pie plate looking size hubcaps crossing the road at one time right <laughs> and i'm and and I'm swerving to miss these damn turtles and i miss I missed nineteen of those puppies. And the very last one, I couldn't avoid it, and I got it on my front steer tire on the half hill, uh-huh. And I hit it, and it was just like, you know, it's like taking a watermelon seed and putting it in your fingers, and you squeeze it, and it pops out, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what that turtle did. It popped off the side of my truck and, and flew about five feet above the ground over to the oncoming traffic and bounced off the windshield of a car going 60 miles an hour in the other direction.
3: Oh, shit. You know what? Right?
2: we heard about that, it shattered this yeah. guy's window. It shattered this guy's window. And I'm going like, and I just grab another gear and get the hell out of there, right? I am i make it about 15 miles down the road, and I look back in my mirror, and i got a red light flashing there, and there's a, a brown and white uh, sedan pulling me over, right? And I pull over the side of the road, and he's parked behind me, and I get out, and I walk back there, and he says, back at that turtle crossing, you ran over a turtle. And I said... Is it against the law to run over a turtle? I missed 19 of those, son of a bitches, right? (laughs) Yeah,
3: you should give me credit. I missed (laughs) 19 of
2: those, and and I hit the one. He says, well, when you hit that one, it, it popped and it slid over to the other side and hit a car going the other direction. And I said to him, are you suggesting that I did this on purpose, that I hit that turtle with such precision to pop that sucker out and make it hit that windshield and the car going the other direction? Is that what you're trying to say? And he said, Well, at least you should have stopped and exchanged insurance information so that you can turn in your insurance and you could pay for his windshield. And I said, Well and I said, listen, I said, Why doesn't he why why doesn't he just file on his insurance that a flying turtle hit his window <laughs> and let his insurance discover you know what that is all about, right? I mean why isn't right. he and the cop starts laughing, right?
3: Right, and
1: he,
2: and he and I kind of chuckled too, and he, we're both kind of laughing. And he looks right at me. He says, "I tell you what," he says, "just go on your way." And he says, "If anyone else pulls you over, you don't know me."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had cops tell me that before too, because they let me go off <laughs> something they shouldn't have. Um, but no, it's like we ran into that one time when we used to we had another comedy podcast. But this woman and her daughter were driving comedy. down the road.
3: What
1: do you mean? Oh. Okay.
2: I'll
1: call
0: you back. Okay. All right. You're right, And, w- Scott, and, I'm back. and welcome back to the Flying Turtle Show. <laughs>
2: the Flying Turtle Show. Yeah. Well, Ninja like- Turtle Show. <laughs> That's right. Go. That is a
0: true Ninja <laughs> Turtle right there.
2: <laughs>
1: but, to get back to this, they were driving down the highway in Florida, and all of a sudden, their windshield broke, and the mom is like bleeding. And the daughter's like, I don't know what's going on. And they, when they searched the car, they found this turtle. They assumed that it came down off the overpass after a car had hit it. And it just, you know, and everything. It's like, and then the mom thought it was funny later, but, you know.
3: I'll well, tell you it. it wasn't me. I didn't do
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't you. <laughs> Assaulting people with turtles. Damn. Yeah. We're get, we have, we have to add that to your rap sheet.
2: That's right. How <laughs> so
0: dare I you?
2: A, I had this deer, right? or. Oh, I was going down Highway 97 there from uh, Wenatchee, I was coming over and headed down towards Ellensburg. I was climbing this one hill and there's a there's a guy that parked his car on the side on the left and he was out in the middle of this field with a camera taking picture of these deer out in this this meadow, right? right. And I just couldn't help myself and I my old 64 Kenworth, I reached up and I hit the air horn. And I laid on the old horn, won, 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 you know. Those deer scattered, right? <laughs> well, one of them comes running—one uh, of the does comes running across the highway and runs right into the side of my trailer and gets killed right there. And it, and it, it slides underneath this guy's car, the back of the car. And I just keep going. You can just see the guy's mad as hell, right?
3: <laughs> and so I make
2: it down. I'm off to Ellensburg, and, and the State Patrol Washington State Patrol pulls me over, about like it happened in Texas. He pulls over and he says, back there, you ran over, you hit a deer and it slid underneath this guy's car. Why didn't you stop and help pull that, that that deer out from underneath this guy's car? And I said, well, I said to him, I said, well, did the guy happen to mention that he was the one out in the middle of the field with a camera chasing those deer? Right.
3: <laughs>
2: dear, dear, dear,
3: dear,
1: dear, dear. See, maybe that's why that iguana jumped the fence, Scotts. That because that
0: person oh my in God. was chasing it. Check this out, Keith. So when we had, because we're going to be re- relaunching the Scotty and Squatch show, uh, Squatch over here, T- Tammy would find the weirdest stories, and uh, like especially out of Florida, there was one, and it haunted my dreams. There was. An iguana that was wearing a bandana that jumped this guy's fence, beat the shit out of the guy, like attacked the guy, and then a woman jumped over the fence wearing medical scrubs, yelling at it in Spanish, and they both just took off.
1: Yeah, and nobody knows what she said or why the iguana, yeah, why the iguana was wearing a bandana. Or how those
0: two even matched up with each other. I got a solution for
2: this. Okay. I got a solution for this. This is the same iguana. That was in Crocodile
1: Dundee. Oh, yeah, or the one that's in um, uh, ch- that uh Chihuahua, Beverly Hills Chihuahua one, where uh, yeah, the well, this is the, same the rat one and the iguana. That.
2: Yeah, he woke up and he he kidnapped that one guy out of the campfire, and the guy woke up and there was a bandana wrapped around this this iguana.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, that's where it comes from. Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> that, is, that is
0: so funny. Said, now
2: that's
0: a knife, right? <laughs> right, right. That's a knife. That's a that's knife. This is a
1: knife. This is a knife. Yeah. That's a
2: knife.
1: Yeah. Uh, that is hilarious.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like these no, theories, Scott.
0: God. Yeah, they're like mine. They're messed up. I love it.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. But, yeah, no, it's, yeah, because I would find the most bizarre headlines and read them to Scott. He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, true well, story. So one
2: of the things, you know, when I was out trucking, you know, I'd go into the convenience stores and I'd, I'd come up on the cash register and I'd buy, you know, some of the fast foods they had, like, you know, JoJo's or Gizzard's or stuff like that. Right Now, they also had these magazines that are called news magazines. Right, which had all these wild, stupid stories like the aliens, abductions, and all this crap. Oh yeah, yeah, At yeah. National Enquirer, you know, because you national because they want to know and all that kind of crap. I right. would read that. That was just complete entertainment, as far as I was concerned. Oh, totally. Of the funniest <laughs> things you could think of.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That is true, oh,
1: man. I mean, and that's true because there is a website called floridaman.com, and it's all about stupid crimes committed in Florida, like a guy who tried to smuggle drugs into the jail, like, in his prosthetic leg. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: We, well, we've come okay, across some weird ones. You're a ones. magician. Okay, Scott's a magician. Well, we had uh, we used to have live bands that came into the prison here, and we have a, a stadium that come in and play. We actually had uh, a, an inmate, I think, in, in eastern Oregon come in to play play a band, but he brought in marijuana in his guitar.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Hey, Johnny Cash yeah. did that. He smoked a cocaine in his guitar coming back from Mexico.
2: <laughs> so Just that, that kind of ended that career of that, that band coming in to, to play for us. Oh, yeah, no in
1: doubt, hurry. Yeah, I
2: mean, <laughs> this is stupid, right? That's like this a felony in its own. <laughs> Well, that's a. You know, people don't realize, you know, they come into prison to visit their loved ones, and they come in and they bring in contraband. Right. And they're going like they, they're thinking they're doing us a favor. Right. And it's crazy. I had that investigator come in, and she hands me a, a pack of cigarettes and a book of matches, and I, I said, you need to put that back where you found it.
3: And And right. I looked at the
2: book of matches. She didn't even smuggle in a full book of matches. They only have a book of matches. <laughs> I said, if you're going to smuggle in a book of matches, make damn sure it's a full book.
0: It, no doubt. A
2: that's right.
0: Yeah. Go big or go home. Go big or go yeah, home. Yeah, because
2: you, know? you don't
1: want to do that. I can't remember what it's called, where you stick the pencil lead in the outlets and try to light your cigarette that way, because that'll blow up in well, your face. Well, you know, that's
2: the carbon arc. They call it a carbon arc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the only thing wrong with that, that that's one before they sold batteries. We have batteries now. Oh, okay. So now all you have to do is take a, 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 a speaker wire, Oh yeah. and hook both ends to one of the batteries, and then put a piece of toilet tissue in the middle, and it'll set it on fire. Oh. You don't need it. I remember, I remember sitting in a cell there on 4-bar, Delta Block, and some guy's handing me a wad of toilet paper on fire. <laughs> hey man, you need to hand this down, hand it down the chair and it's on count time, right? And the cop is standing right there taking count, and just... And a of fire sticks out on this side. I said, I'm not touching that. Right, no doubt, yo. You That's my <laughs> DNA's all yeah. over it. Man. That's One a Bill Nye the Science Guy shit. <laughs> you know, they want to light a cigarette or some stupid thing like that. I mean, those are the crazy ones when they do all kinds of stupid stuff like that in here. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. no kidding. Now,
2: I used to, when I used to, when I was on an A Block and I had to go to the yard to use the phone, I was sitting there on the phone and... and for one week there, I got UA'd three times, right? They call me in for UA, and I'm going, like, What the hell am I getting a UA for? Well, I, f- I finally realized is the phone I was using on in the yard was the one where all the dopers were sitting there smoking their pot on.
3: <laughs> oh, shit. Well,
1: so oh, I wanted no. to use that
2: same phone, so I was getting UA'd, and everybody else wasn't.
1: Right. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so
2: I quit using that phone. I just went down a couple more phones down and started using the other one. Because you, wow. you look on the tower, and a guy up in the tower would have his binoculars, and he's checking out who's on the phone and who isn't. He'd see a puff of smoke or something coming up from somewhere, because someone might have a rope they call rope made, and it's, it's smoldering so they can light out all their cigarettes while it's sitting there. Oh. Yeah. And see. so they, they, they have certain ones they look for. Right. So I quit using that phone, so I quit getting ua <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: so funny. Yeah. Yeah, because when I was at Columbia River, the work crew people would smuggle in tobacco and other things in, you know, their prison pockets. That's what we call them. is out um, their butt. Well, unless you're a woman, but
0: yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. You're a
1: But yeah, but they would come in like that. And I worked in intake down there. And they would try to pass it off to me. And I'm like, are you nuts? I don't, you know, I'll smoke it with you, but I'm not going to take it from you.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I had this girlfriend come in, Carmen Molesch. Man, she's a really great girl. She'd come in, but the people on the on the, on the the uh, minimum would be working the lawns out on the front of the prison. Right. And they'd see her come in, and they'd walk right up to her. Hey, man, could you bring in some tobacco for me and stuff? You just hand it off to me before you go in and see your man. And, and she told me this. And I said, what's the guy's name? And she told me the guy's name. I said, well, I'll take care of this. And I, I made, made it known through his group, the gang, that that ain't going to happen.
1: Right cuz they because have cameras I'm out not there too.
2: I don't going to ruin my visit by having her bring in stuff for your people. Right. So I, we're not playing this game. Right? We're not playing this game.
3: Yeah,
1: no doubt. And
2: and, and she was she's just a great girl but she's caught up with this prison mentality that's coming into prison. Right. This is, you got to watch everybody that's done everyone looking after your best interest in here.
3: Oh, that
1: well, and that is totally true right there. You know, they're looking out for their best interest.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I wish, I wish I had not broke up with Carmen. Right. But I only broke up with Carmen because of her, her, her son, Zane, Zane Black or Zane Oh, yeah, you told, yeah. And, and I just felt sorry for the kid. I thought that he needed a better representation for a dad than, than a serial killer in prison. Right. I just, I just thought that, you know, she could find somebody on the street that is better for the family unit than being tied to someone in prison. Although, I've been to a lot of lifers' meetings and, and banquets where they have the family members come in and they're, they're perfectly happy with each other and everything's going great. But I just, I just I couldn't fathom that idea for a long time.
1: Right. Yeah, I I get it, because that's one thing that Patrick Kearney told Scott is I don't make phone calls and I don't take visits, you know.
2: So yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, it's like yeah, that. yeah.
2: He doesn't want to get involved in in that uh, that part of the prison,
1: right? Because and that's too that you know when. Especially if you're doing Life Without Parole, when you're reminded about the outside, it gets depressing on the inside. Well,
2: it slows everything down. Yeah. A visit will slow everything down. And then once you get past, now, for a long time, I wouldn't even talk to people like you because it slowed me down. slowed my time down.
1: I get it. it.
2: You know, I get people writing all the time. I get them from Australia, from France, you know, Poland and stuff like that. And uh, they all think that I'm locked down 23 7. Yeah. They don't realize that I have a job. I I, I work and I'm in general population. I, I walk the yard. I, I walk. You know, I'm not not held in a cell all the time. Right. And and I I do artwork. I you know I draw. And, and it's, the amount of time I have, like these two hours I spend with you on Saturday morning, right, is uh, is refreshing to to. Hours, right? But I, I'll, I'll go back to my cell and I'll draw for you know for half a day, then I'll go to work, right? And then by that time, it's time for me to come home and go to bed because oh, I, yeah. I go to sleep about nine o'clock. I'm wow, old, right? That's I not as
1: early as Scott. Scott goes to. I mean, he gets early bird dinner at some old people restaurant and oh, comes back to bed by 6.
0: Why are you so fucking mean over <laughs> there? you're Jesus an old Christ. damn man. <laughs> I'm in bed at 7.30 so I can get up at 3, 3.30 yeah, in the morning. Yeah, whatever.
2: Well, he's a Fucker. truck driver. He has to have his sleep. That's, truck drivers learn to sleep at any time and anywhere. Thank you, right. he,
0: he's got my back, but not old Tammy over here. Jesus! Well, because
1: I'm a chronic insomniac, and I have been since I was a teenager.
0: Well, you're a chronic and, something. <laughs>
1: shut up! And um, I will. I always feel if I can get four hours a night, and it doesn't have to be straight, I'm happy because I'll sleep for an hour and then I'll be up for an hour and I'll sleep for an hour. Well, it's like yeah. and well, people I'll... tell me I got eight hours. I'm like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> well,
2: when I was driving, I was I would drive all night and. When the sun starts climbing over, starts seeing the sun come up, I pull over and take an hour's sleep because that's the hardest time to stay awake when the sun's just coming up.
0: Yep, that right. is a fact.
2: And I'd go to sleep for about an hour, and I, when the sun's finally up in the sky, then I can drive again. But that hour I got will make up for, like, eight hours. It's just, but I wouldn't sleep in my sleeper. I'd <laughs> no. lean against the steering wheel and, and get an hour that way.
1: Oh, wow. Scott lays because across his I bench crawled seat. if
2: I sleeper, I'd be no control of that. I would sleep for a long time.
1: Right. Scott will lay yeah, across his be bench seat when he has to, like, do whatever with his truck. No, i got
0: two bucket seats, man. I, I, oh. I stretch my legs across them and lean against the door and rack out for 15, 20 minutes, and I'm golden. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah he always says, I'm going to pull over and take a nap. I'm like, whatever, old man.
0: <laughs> hey, man, I get yeah. tired. Well,
2: you learn, to, you learn to sleep
1: wherever you can. That's Right, what you do. Yeah. right. Oh, my goodness. That is so funny.
3: <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> well, I call you know, Scott like, an old man because he's like a year and a couple months older than me.
2: <laughs> well, the old days, the old, old days of trucking was you'd take off from the West Coast, and you wouldn't stop except for fuel and a few lights like, to eat till you got to the East Coast.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And that would be days, you know, four or five days later, you're on it, and you're, sitting, you're up all the time. Right. Then your logbook... While you're waiting for your next load, your logbook is catching up to you.
1: Right. That's then, why a
2: lot of... You're yeah. you're ready to drive again. It's just. But nowadays, you have the electronic logging. Toward, right. You're kind of limited to what you can and cannot do.
0: And it sucks. Yeah, Scott hates him, it. 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 He sucks. also
1: hates the cameras in the cab. Well, yeah, that's because
0: <laughs> I can't, like... I don't know, because you, you're, you're always being watched. That's the thing. Like, I'm afraid, like, if I blow my nose, is well, somebody watching? You thank me for that. <laughs> oh, good going, Keith. Thanks, Thanks, Keith. Smith. My, boss,
2: my boss probably instigated and said, we need a camera pointing at the driver to make sure he doesn't have anybody in there with him. Right. <laughs>
1: well, and isn't that one of the, oh, and to see if you're texting and stuff like that? Yeah, I was just basically texting as well, we're trying yeah, to get our safety score what, good. Right, and Scott know, told and me a story about how he tried to get the dispatcher, like, you know, pull a joke on the dispatcher. and He knew that he, they were watching him. So he told him this. I didn't get my I didn't know about a backhaul. Like, <laughs> yeah. with a total straight face for like five minutes. And then he goes, Just kidding. Yeah, he, call, <laughs> he,
0: he calls me up because uh, I had started super early. This is Chief Chief Claw, And he goes, Hey, you grabbed that backhaul at a GMA over in Coos Bay, right? And I went, Backhaul? I didn't know what I had back a hole? backhaul. Yeah.
1: What? Back hall. <laughs> and
0: it goes dead silent. And I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because I know he's watching me. And I'm trying not to laugh. Then he uh, obviously he goes, please tell me you're fucking kidding me. For the love <laughs> of God. I went, like, yeah, dude, I'm just fucking with you. I'm, I'm on my way back. I got it. It's yeah. we're, we're good to go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I laughed. I laughed for like, three and a half, four hours. Well, and Scott's,
1: like, the biggest prankster around, too. Like, if he can get one over on you or whatever, he is, like, happier than a sissy at a punk party. That's (laughs) because too
0: short not to crack up and laugh, man.
1: Totally. Totally. Well, you
2: know, we were talking about sleeping against the steering wheel. I remember driving down the road one time, and I I saw a friend of mine park on the side of the road, and he was asleep with his leg on, right? Right. And I just couldn't help myself. I went up there, and I turned around and came back, and I turned around and came back, and I pulled right in front of him, turned on my high beams, and laid on the horn, just honked my horn like Shit. crazy, right? <laughs> and this guy li- lifted up his head from the stairwell, saw the headlights coming at him, and you know he was screaming at the top of his lung. He opened his door and jumped. Because <laughs> he thought you were going to hit him? <laughs> <laughs> I've well, actually, yeah.
0: I've and actually done that to he, myself, where I've been I sleeping in the over sleep- okay. And
2: he, he, and I said... I said, hey, Jeff, how you doing? He said, you asshole. Right. <laughs> I, I pulled in the rest area. I pulled the rest area in, in Cle Elm, and I pulled in there, and there's a bunch of trees. I parked there, and I, I forgot the lights, and I leaned against the steering wheel, and I saw the, the trees up there, and when I woke up, I was looking at trees and lights going on the trees, and I started, I, I slammed my foot on the brakes, on the, on the, on the brake pedal, as hard as I could, and had my clenched onto the steering wheel and was screaming to myself. And I looked over and I saw the other driver in the other truck parked next to me looking at me and laughing at me.
1: Yeah, did you forgot
0: that you weren't driving.
2: <laughs> I forgot that I was, I, I actually thought I fell asleep at the wheel. Oh yeah. yep, my
0: gosh. It's happened to me yep, while so laying tired. in my sleeper.
2: That's oh my. why, you know, I pulled over one time at, at Friday, Friday and at two o'clock in the morning overlooking Ellensburg on Interstate 82 on a, on a turnout behind a hill. I went in the sleeper because I was tired. I crawled in the sleeper and I went to sleep and I woke up. I looked at my watch and it said 11 o'clock. I said, i got to get to Seattle. <laughs> and I pulled into Seattle and nothing was open. It was Saturday.
3: Oh, my god. Jeez. <laughs> I
2: slept from Friday morning at 2 o'clock. I, I, hadn't been, I woke up Sunday morning and I hadn't had any sleep from Sunday morning all the way until Friday at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's the old way of trucking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so were I you like other sleeper, and I went to sleep?
1: Were you like what? other truckers that pop crosstops and everything too?
2: No, no, okay. I okay. never used drugs. Okay, I never <coughs> used drugs. I, I mean, I would yeah. use no dose. Oh or yeah, fiber and stuff you would buy over the shelf. Right. I think one of my favorite one was drinking a, a can of Jolt.
1: Oh yeah, the
2: old, the old I Jolt. remember
1: Jolt. And, yeah,
2: and then uh, and then eating uh, chocolate covered coffee beans.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, because I remember Joel. Just cause... drink
2: coffee beans. Just crunch, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I could stay awake that way. But there comes a time when your body tells you you have to shut down.
1: Oh, you yeah. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. I know how that is, too, because so, it's like, I'll be so exhausted.
2: So, <laughs> the, the most interesting call I had was that Saturday morning calling the boss and telling him, I'm in Seattle ready to get unloaded and found out it's Saturday. <laughs> and he says to me, he says, well, what happened? I told him. I said, "Well, we were looking for. You. We didn't hear from you all day for all day Friday." I said, "Well, I've been driving all this time, and, and this is in the winter time, and I had to chain up both ways going to and from Seattle. Every time I crossed the pass, I had to chain up both ways, and the traffic you're running real slow because it's snow and ice. So, right. our, so a, a regular 10-hour day was now, you know, 20 hours long."
1: Wow, and that's, that's how, crazy. That's how,
2: that's how trucking was, but nowadays with the with the, the electronic logging you have, I'm sure that you can't. Uh, you're given a timeline where you have to be, and that's it.
0: Yeah, that's about it.
1: Yeah, because they can pinpoint yeah. Scott exactly
2: where he is at
1: any given time.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Within literally within the, couple yeah. feet.
2: Yeah. And I used to run this. I used to skirt the scales. I wouldn't go across the porta entries to the scales. I knew how to get around them. Uh, oh, well, there you go. Just because, yeah, so, you know, and weight-wise, I'd haul extra weight and all that because that's what we did. The boss right. was always, if, if I was driving for somebody, the boss was, was never guilty of anything. Even though right. he told you, I want you to drive overnight to L.A. From, right. from Seattle. But he can't legally tell you to do that. And if you got caught doing that, he'd say, I didn't tell him to do it."
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Plausible yeah, denial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Th-
2: the driver was always responsible for his load. He's also responsible for his paperwork. Right. And everything. So you, everything falls back on the driver. The driver yeah. responsibility for everything. Yeah, Even Scott though was, your, oh, go boss, ahead. your boss is, is immune to all that stuff.
1: Right. Scott was telling yeah. me he got a ticket for overweight like several years ago. And I said, that's wrong that they ticketed you for being having a fat butt.
0: Good <laughs> <a dick>, damn <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, See the shit I got to put up no, with, man. Well,
2: that's the well, joke it because on how fat it is. I'm out to um when I was driving for Jerry Steel, I could haul seventy eight thousand pounds because that's all I could. I could only get ten thousand on the steer axle. Okay. Normally, I would be able to get twelve, but because I had a fixed fifth wheel, I could never slide it forward get extra two thousand pounds on it. So I could only haul legally seventy eight thousand. But I came out of Portland. <laughs> uh, with a load that weighed over 122,000 pounds.
0: Wow. It's Christmas,
2: yeah Well, and I made I, that... I, I, I actually hauled that all the way to Yakima, and I was able to make it there without too much well, of a problem.
1: There you go. But I made that joke with Scott because when I was younger, like 11, 12 years old, and I lived in Iowa, we'd get the little small town newspaper and would always give the police log and they go so-and-so pulled over for overweight. I'm like, why are these ticketing these people for being fat? That's not okay. And then my aunt goes, are you no. serious? That's truckloads. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> no. but I was so naive back then. Cause my grandpa had the, uh, the dimmer, like the bright switch uh, as a button on the floor on the bright, you know, on the left side by the door. And I saw yeah. it, it cause he had a three in the tree. And I go, Grandpa, what's that? And he goes, that's an eject button in case you kids act out. And I, every time I got in the truck, I was on my best behavior. And my grandma goes, why are you so good? And the other kids are acting out. I said, I don't want to be ejected. She goes, oh, my God, Tammy, I can't believe you believed him. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what? Why would Grandpa li- Why would Grandpa Jay lie to me?
0: <laughs> Keep you little brats in order. That's why. Keep well, he's the one lie. that threw his
2: teeth at well, me across the you table. Know, if you're riding, If you're riding my truck with me, uh-huh. I'd ask you to, I can't, I'd tell you to go watch out the window for a kiki bird. Oh. And, and it'll keep you occupied watching, looking for a kiki bird.
1: Oh, okay. That's like you snipe what, hunting.
2: You know what a kiki you know bird is? No. It's that bird that sits on a pole, you know, in the middle of wintertime, saying, kiki, 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 Christ, it's cold out here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: like going snipe hunting. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every kid has to go through snipe hunting. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's like you the do things to races. keep, yeah, kids occupied, and <laughs> it's crazy. I remember telling my son, look for the alphabet on this road signs, <laughs> and he'd be well, like, okay.
2: <laughs> we had the games. We had the, the road games. We always had, uh, There was, there was a game out there you could buy that had a listing of things to look for.
1: Right, right, right. The a
2: point. There's a bunch of points. It's like playing Yahtzee. Right. Only with, with, you know, looking for a dog walking on the side of the road or right. or, or in a car or something. Some, uh, uh, you know, the old slug bug type routine, right? Oh, yeah.
1: I never allowed slug bug in my car when my kid was little. But we always had, like, the Mad Lib magazines. My mom would buy us, like, each a Mad Lib magazine, and that would keep us occupied to and from the coast and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. Those, I mean, those were back in crazy days when there were no such thing as seat belts and you know <laughs> car seats and everything.
2: Well, you know, you bring up the seat belt. You know, I laid a truck over on the side of the road because of a seat belt. Oh wow! When seat belts came came into you know where they, I think it was back in 1987 when they finally said we all had to wear seat belts. Right. In our trucks. Yeah. I was driving south on 97 going uh, out of Toppin, Washington. And the scale house was open up in front, and so I oh shit! I got to put my seatbelt on. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a shoulder belt. All I had was a lap belt. I flipped up my lap belt onto my lap to to buckle it in between steering my wheel. Well, I didn't realize that I flipped up the belt. It landed in the steering wheel.
3: Oh my goodness!
2: And shit. it locked in the steering wheel, so I couldn't steer. Wow! And when I realized that the, that it couldn't steer, I had to turn right really quick. Pulled the seatbelt out. And that by that time my 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 tires on my trailer had slid off the road on the gravel, and it just sucked me over, and I just laid it right upside down on the side.
3: Wow! Right in front
2: of the scale house. Right in front of the scale house. Just laid the whole truck. It was a 1984 uh, Freightliner conventional, and I had a load of potatoes on it, and it, it wrecked the trailer. The, the whole load went right to the top of the trailer. Wow! It, it was, and that was and I was only you know.
1: Eight miles from my house. Wow. That's like the sex toy accident in Oklahoma not too long ago
0: where that
1: guy tipped over his, his trailer and it was like, all of a sudden, all these sex
0: toys are on the
1: highway and it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> and then Tammy cried. She's like, I couldn't <laughs> use that. It, on... That
2: was my delivery. No.
0: <laughs> that's, that's my delivery so I can work on Sandy Boulevard. <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: But I had a guy, I had a guy who were talking, they were talking on the radio and I was down in Wheat, California, one was talking about how this guy, left, you know, flipped his trailer on his side because of the seatbelt. And I was the one in the group, and I was listening to him, and finally I told him, I said, I'm the guy that was, that did that.
1: Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I said, you want to go
2: stop and have a cup of coffee and talk about it? But this is, it wasn't uncommon. My boss wow. knew exactly how I how I wrecked the truck. Right. He said, that, you flipped that seatbelt up in your damn steering wheel, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I did. Right. Right.
1: And yeah, I mean, I, paid
2: the yeah. 20, I, I had to pay the twenty five hundred dollar deductible.
1: Wow. So the truck
2: was righted and everything like that. So I paid the right. deductible on the insurance. Wow. But
1: so that's
2: how that's how that, that's how come they went to shoulder harnesses. Yeah,
1: that makes well, that re- makes total the sense. The retractable
2: the retractable shoulder harness didn't come into play until right around 80, 87, 88, when they they implemented the seatbelt rule in trucks. Right.
1: That that's yeah crazy. because
2: other people were flipping their. We didn't drive with seatbelts on all the time. We never did. Right. And the only yeah, time just, we put it on was when we pulled into a scale house and said we had to have it on.
1: Yeah, and I remember growing up, it's like my mom let me stand. She was driving my grandpa's cargo van, and I stood up in the middle of the two seats just standing there. Nobody cared. Well,
0: yeah, our seatbelt when we <laughs> yeah, were well, kids used, just, used to be mom's mom. ride in a pickup
1: truck. Sakurai. People Armstead. used to
2: ride in the back of a
1: pickup. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. We always did that. And I was coming. When I was a teenager, I was coming down from the cemetery in Cherry Grove, and I had eight people in my Ford Taurus and three people on the roof. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, all yeah, of that. We, we didn't always wear seatbelts. A lot of the old cars never had seatbelts in.
1: Them. Right.
2: Exactly. coming into, what, in the 50s, in the late 50s, 60s? Maybe,
1: wow. Yeah, I think it was the it 60s.
2: Mandatory.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, I tell you what. And I think wearing a seatbelt is a violation of my civil rights, but whatever. I still do it because <laughs> I don't want a ticket. <laughs> you,
2: don't want, you want to live when you get in a wreck. What
1: well, you want to do. well, see, but I've heard some stories where, you know, the person has died because they had their seatbelt on. So it's like, okay, well, I hear it on both sides, but, you know, I hate wearing a seatbelt. Well, I, I don't like I to feel confined.
2: The one place where I'd always wear a seatbelt was when I, when I was running a, a D8 cat or, or something like that on the... Hills,
3: because
1: okay. I want to
2: stay in this. You know, a lot of the times I I run to like an old international TDA, or or run to a cat, big cat. And they have seat belts for a reason. You want to you want to stay in the seat when you're doing a side hill. You don't fall out of the damn thing.
1: Right, that makes sense. Yeah. totally. Yeah.
2: So anyway, that's the last of the call for okay. today. Yeah,
0: that is true. That is thanks for calling, Keith. Then as up always, another,
2: another sol- what other stories we want to talk about? and We'll go
1: from there. Right. We shall, we man. We shall. We'll come up with something. <laughs> yeah, all right, okay.
0: buddy. You, you try to take care, and we'll talk to you later.
2: Yeah, will call you in the middle of the week sometime. All okay. right, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: Well, those calls went to fucking bizarre. Dude. <laughs>
1: From all right to shit show. No, I'm kidding. No. They weren't no, that no. bad.
0: They were pretty all right. Anything you want to add before we close this one out? No,
1: I think we're good.
0: All right. Yeah. Remember, boys and girls. That I'm a stud. Yeah, okay. And if you're a little Korean lady, feel free to send me an email. No, I'm not...
1: no don't do it.
0: I told no, you, I'm not going to make him work. For the love of
1: God, protect yourself. Don't do it. I'm not going
0: to make them work with collars or. Mm-hmm. They, they, okay, mm-hmm. they don't have to sleep in a dog crate or anything. Okay. Oh, you take all the fun out. I know. Remember to check out our Etsy shop. Check us out on Facebook. at Citizens of Brutal Nation so you can interact with other people as well as us. What else? Um, this show's copyrighted 2022, 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye, everybody.